Keeping Podcast Weird from the live music capital of the world, Austin, Texas, the city that brought you Lewis Black, Sandra Bullock, Hippie Hollow, Berkeley <laughs> Breathed, Walter Cronkite, Joe Ely, Gibby Haynes, and the Armadillo World Headquarters. It's a slippery slope. The podcast with the dazed and confused Mark Browner and Lodger. Hey, hey Mark Lodger. How you doing? How are you doing, man? Oh, man. I feel like I haven't talked to you for like uh, two weeks because I, it's been um, two weeks. Actually, yeah, it has. It has. It's, it has. Uh, I, I felt like uh, there was something missing from my life, and now I realize what it was. Me so too, you man. <laughs> that hole in my soul was... <laughs> only going to be filled up by you oh <laughs> you're the only one that could fill that hole mark brown <laughs> <laughs> why love you oh yeah thank you brother <laughs> yeah that's the sweetest hey, thing you i say. oh man thanks i i um i really did miss you i miss talking to you i had yeah. but i was busy doing a lot of fun ass stuff having yes. a good time yeah and um and so I, I went on a week-long vacation with my nephew, and we did a, a shit ton of stuff, and, and we're going to be talking about that on the show tonight. Yes, we will. And, uh, and I haven't talked to you for two weeks, so I know you probably did some fun stuff while I was away. So well, that's uh, I'm true. looking forward to hearing what happened and what you got on your mind. Okay, probably not nothing as adventurous as uh, you did. but uh, We had a good yeah, time. I got, so, I got some good stuff to talk about, but before we get into all of that, I want to just kind of back up and, and refer back to uh, episode eight, which was the last episode we did. And uh, mm -hmm. we, we had done a, uh, an oblique strategy that was bridges, build, burn, as you recall. Yes. Okay. So anyway, I, and I told you, I said, man, this is like one of those Coens that uh, you got to think about for a while and try to figure out and, and make some sense out of it, meditate on it even. And so, right. and so I, I, I kind of did that the, the, this past couple of weeks. Well, maybe not you know, for long periods of time, but anyway, uh, I started thinking about it, and I was thinking bridges, bridges. What are bridges? Bridges between people, bridges over water, and then I was thinking, ah, musical bridges. And I was like, okay, ah. this starts to make sense. I mean, we're talking about Brian Eno here, who is the one of the guys who created Oblique Strategies. So you would have to think that Brian Eno, Brian Eno would be thinking about bridges when they were writing these cards. And so think I was thinking in terms of a musical bridge and well I, I I had to actually look it up what is it you know definition I said it and I saw it said a contrasting section of music that prepares the return of the original material section and I was like well that hmm. yeah I kind of know what that means and then I looked further and it said creative contrast from the rest of the song and then I was thinking oh yeah it's kind of like a song within a song type thing right right yeah that's right it's a, if you if you listen to most pop songs um and rock songs they almost all of them have what is called a bridge and I, I remember talking to someone when I was a teenager and was I, I used to write lyrics when I was a teenager because I was goofy. And uh, and I asked one of my friends who was a musician in high school, you know, what is what is a bridge? Does it have to be a certain thing? Does it have to fit the scheme of the song in a certain way or something? Right. And he was like, really? No, it's just a it's just a, something that's there. So he's like, sometimes it's at double speed, 
but it can really be anything. And it's just a, it's just something that musicians do to kind of create some sort of mm, dimensional. I can't. I'm trying to be smart here, and it's and I'm yeah. sounded stupid. But you know, to kind of to kind of distract from the regularity of the song, the tempo, the beat. Right. Take it out of that for a second, to, and then to go back into it. Right. Juxtaposing uh, two musical styles sometimes, or two tempos, or or you know a lot of different things. Or a change in key. Yeah. Perhaps. And, right. Uh, right. And, right. Or yeah. or even a, an instrumental break of some kind. Agreed. Agreed. And 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 you know what you um, find is that in popular music throughout time, the the songs that really have the 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 really great staying power seem to uh to to include uh, uh an elaborate bridge of some sort at least that's what yeah I've seen. i think so too they make them that's it's that short little section in the song unlike the unlike the verse or chorus that's repeated right that somehow can make it stand stand out and be unique it's that little thing that it's that little touch of magic in the middle of the song it's exactly. funny because i you know the thought of a bridge in a song when we were doing the oblique strategies did not occur to me once and would never have i don't think if you hadn't said it that's really right. interesting well it didn't so like, now you got to repeat because yeah. i can't remember what it was it was bridges bridges build burn burn build bridges build burn interesting well that hmm. in a way that that makes me think a lot about eno's music and and a, and and the way he attempted to deconstruct music in its own way and and yes in in leading to the invention of uh, ambient music which can be right right without without which i mean just completely without any sense of a bridge but uh, right, so. yes, yes, it it can be. I mean, ambient music tends to be monotonous, and and I don't use that in a negative way. You know, it it tend, but it tends to be rhythmic and 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 continuous without right. you know part of it. Part of it is that hypnotic quality mm-hmm. that there is no distraction in it. It just continues, so your mind can kind of wander while you listen to it, right. which is a you know, I love ambient music. Most of it, uh, Enos in particular, uh, is amazing. And yeah, you don't normally find find bridges in there. That's that's a really interesting take on that oblique strategy, man. That's cool. Okay. Well, I thought I I needed to to get that out. It was like it hit me like three days after we did the episode, and I was like, you know, I need to come. I need yeah. to figure this one out for some weird reason. So anyway, yeah, it stu- stuck with you. Well, uh huh. We'll have a we'll have another oblique strategy later in the show yes we will and it, it we may do be, one every episode exactly and it may stimulate us uh thinking on it uh for days on end so we'll see <laughs> but anyway <laughs> hey, that reminds me there was uh-huh. a uh there was something that um occurred to me too mm-hmm. uh i was online j- before we recorded the show uh today and um i noticed that end of an ear the record store that's in austin here that we talked about a few episodes ago that's moving right um uh, I noticed they had posted something on Facebook, and I'm like, they're still in the same store. So I, I thought maybe I'm delusional, and they're not moving, and I just <laughs> had a dream or something. <laughs> right. So I went back and ch- checked on their Facebook page, and they do, they did say in early June, I think uh, around June 2nd, that they were indeed moving, um, and they had a location already in the South area that they were going to move to, okay. but they are still in the same uh, location and there's no real indication of when that might happen. It may be months oh. before they're out of that location, but I just thought mm. I'd bring that up because 
we did talk about it and 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 when we talked about it we sounded like they were going to move soon but i right. don't know how soon it will be hmm. and um but i'll keep my i i, I want to go over there and i haven't been over to the store for a while and i need to go over there and check it out we should do that before they move yeah yeah well you know yeah I'll... maybe pat or someone will be pay, playing there soon yeah you know i was talking to eric of uh, er- eric and marisol and uh, he was uh-huh. he was talking about wanting to go to some uh, uh, record stores and things like that. So maybe we can do a trio or something one day. Oh yeah, because he's he's definitely uh, into vinyl, and um, I don't think he has a chance to go and look very often. Um, uh, probably just something he doesn't do on his own. And right. uh, so that would be cool. Yeah. Yeah, we should um, plan that. Yeah. Well, that re- that reminds me, you know, part of my trip was uh, for for uh, we haven't really said it, but my trip, I went to Cleveland to uh, do the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame was the big draw there, although we did more. Right. And uh, then we went to um, Pittsburgh to do the Andy Warhol Museum and some other museums there. Yeah. I've... And one of my one of my friends told me when I was in Pittsburgh to go to Attic Records oh, really? and um yeah, and so I was like, well, okay, I'll I'll check it out because uh, my friend Piper usually knows interesting and unusual places to go. Mm-hmm. So, um, so we went to Attic Records while we were in Pittsburgh, and um, since we're talking about record stores, sure. and it was unlike any other record store I've ever seen. Oh. It was it was like being in somebody's house who was a crazy record collector. Wow. They had tons tons of CDs, tons of vinyl. All stashed in this little store. Wow, were they all in very in little milk mo- crates? No, they they were all they were <laughs> all in everything everywhere. Wow. There was just so much that it was it it was almost impossible to to see everything. Um, it, it's it's almost like you know uh, we went to it. Me and my nephew Michael went to a, a junk store here in Austin, a, a resale shop or an mm-hmm. antique store or whatever you want to call those, a resale shop. Yeah, and the lady who ran it followed you around while you were in there like it was like being in her house and she really didn't want it, you to touch her stuff or, or, or she really i don't think she really wanted to sell anything that was in there oh crap <laughs> she would just follow you and it was like not fun to to shop there because she's just kind of hovering over you and and Ooh, that's i was weird. like this lady doesn't want to sell her stuff she's <laughs> a hoarder and that's kind of, this record store was uh-huh. like that, although they didn't hover over you, but it was just so much stuff and it was so jam packed with stuff. Wow. And it was so it was organized alphabetically, but and also by themes or genres, okay. but no signage other than um, either the, the, the splits that told you A, B, C, D or or the artist names. But there was no sign that says, oh, pop music is here and jazz is here and country is here. There was nothing wow. to help you figure out what was where. Damn. And it was just jam packed with with records and uh, with vinyl and CDs. Mm. Um, and so we were in there for about, oh, 20, 30 minutes. It was interesting to see it, but it was too, for me, it was, I, it was like, I looked for a couple things. I didn't find, you know, I always check out what the, what the bow, what's in the Bowie section. Right. And they didn't have anything in particular that was unique. Uh, uh-huh. um, but they were on the phone talking to people calling in who were asking about if they had this and that. And um, it was really a cool laid back place. And it was definitely one of those places is like, yes, if I was in Pittsburgh or I knew someone going to Pittsburgh, I would be like, go. Go to Attic Records. It's a unique experience. It's a unique store. And if you like to 
just you know in the old days before digital music i loved to just look through records for hours oh yeah me um, too and it, if you like to do that that was definitely the place to do it it's the it's the most unique used record store i've ever been in wow that's cool man that so was, it was a cool part of the trip so was it like stepping into an episode of hoarders without it was. without Ex- without, except... without stacks of uh, used adult diapers right yeah okay. it was i mean <laughs> there you know because there was so much stuff you know i'm a big guy and so there was a lot of stuff in there and it was hard to maneuver around because the aisles are really small because they've got so much stuff in there and wow. it's it's somewhat organized. If you were if you wanted to look around, eventually you could figure out where things were and find right. what you were looking for. And I'm sure they would tell you if you asked. Yeah. Um, well, I'm sure the staff probably just, knew it backwards and forwards. It just uh, oh yeah, it was yeah. hard to to tell the organization right off the bat. Right. And sometimes people like that. I mean, again, in the old well, days, I, I would have loved true. to kind of dig around and figure it out for myself and figure out where things were. And I did. I mean, we spent a good amount of time in there, and I looked around and. By the time we had left, I knew where most things were and and kind of what the organization was. Wow. But cool. but it was just like if you lived with if you if if you went to somebody's house and they were just a complete music junkie, right? Um, you know. <laughs> okay. There was a lot of stuff. It okay. was cool. It's like Steve Buscemi so, in uh, Ghost World. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> He enjoyed uh, jazz on vinyl, I believe, in that movie. Uh, yeah, yeah. On, it's, on it's been se- a while since I saw it. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. It was 78s. Yeah. It's been right. a long time since I saw that movie. I saw, in fact, I saw, I have it on DVD, but I only watched it when it came out. So I've only seen it once when it came out. I need to revisit it again. Okay. Speaking of, well, since speaking of weirdness, we might as well get into the one thing we did talk about online while I was on vacation okay. was uh, Stranger Things. Oh yes, the uh, so this is Netflix original series Stranger Things. Yes, yes. Wow. So I want to talk about it. I've you know I think you said you've seen all eight episodes. Yes, I have, and uh, and I have two. I assume they're going to do a second season. I think they left the door open for that. Oh, they did, but I don't think they've said as of this taping. I don't think they've said that they're going. It hasn't been announced yet okay but it certainly leaves room for it right um well i want to talk about that and i wondered should we save that to the end so if somebody doesn't want to hear any spoilers they can oh that's true they can just early yeah i don't want to spoil it for anyone yeah yeah okay that that's probably a good idea i tell you what because i'm i am just dying to hear about your trip to cleveland and uh pittsburgh so uh first off you were in cleveland a week after the Republican National Convention. Correct. So uh, there was there was really nothing that you could see. The only thing was there was some signage in the airport uh-huh. near the baggage claim area that said uh-huh. "Welcome Delegates." Okay. And there were a couple there were a couple signs in the city that said something like "Welcome Delegates," like hanging. Maybe at a hotel or or a, or maybe even I think there may have even been like a banner hanging like on a bank or something. Right. But there was only a couple places where you saw that, and mm-hmm. other than that, it was if it was if they didn't even exist. Wow. <laughs> I, I I was thinking there so, might there might be a, a residual of film of slime all over the city. From, uh, from the, no, 
No, uh, Cle- Cleveland cleans up real nice. <laughs> okay, good, good, good. They got rid of all that it, that that Trump jizz. So, okay, good. yeah, I guess. Yeah. Oh, oh, what a horrible, horrible mental image. Oh, yeah, good, yeah. good. Well, right, I tell so, you, I yeah. really liked Cleveland. I thought yeah. Cleveland, and I liked Pittsburgh too. I thought Cleveland was awesome. Um, it, we were there early in the week, so it was you know that may have been part of it. We weren't there on the weekend; we were there Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So yeah. it was it was slower times, and and the the weather in Cleveland while we were there was gorgeous and beautiful. It was like seventy seven out, so oh, nice wow. cool breeze. Damn. And right on, we stayed at a hotel right on Lake Erie, and um, nice. it just was all you know. After being in the Texas heat, being there was really lovely, and mm. um. It has a, you know, Cleveland is not huge. It's not small, but it's not huge. Mm-hmm. And so uh, there was lots of things to do, um, but it wasn't, we, you know, we rented a car and it wasn't overwhelming driving around or anything like that. We got the lay of the land pretty easily. Okay, cool. The first thing we did when we got there was go to the Christmas Story House, which is now a museum kind oh, of thing. I didn't realize that's where it was. That's cool. Yeah, it's in Cleveland. Wow. So, um so that was our first we kind of got off the plane and rent, got our rental car and i said we, you know we, we need to make the most of the time we have today there's a couple things i want to do uh before we even check into the hotel and my nephew is always you know he he's a, he likes to go and do stuff which is cool we're into the same things and enjoy a lot of the same things and so it's really fun when we hang out we you know he's he's up for doing things so wow. he loves that, museums and that kind of stuff that makes a big difference when you're taking a trip to have somebody who, who wants to do the same things you like that that is yes. huge that's huge yes so he um so and i should say he's an adult you know he's like 20 he and in fact he just we always take the, we've taken vacations last couple of years around this time because it's his birthday so he mm. turned 26 um oh, okay. so he's not like a kid or anything but he's young right. um so the the christmas story house is really cool um, they had this this young. They have s- several tours you can do, and it's not cheap. It was like fifteen bucks, I think. Uh-huh. And um, they have a guy who who they have a guide who comes and takes you around. So they had two or three working, uh, doing different tours. They left every hour or so. Uh-huh. And uh, our guy was a young college age guy who's kind of goofy but fun. And mm. and they take you over to the Christmas Story house, and you get to walk through it. Um, he tells the story that uh, the Christmas Story house was for sale on eBay, oh. and the guy wanted um, $99,000 for it, whoever owned it. Whoa, and the okay. guy who owns it now said to uh, – I guess sent a message to the guy on eBay and said, I'll give you – I think it was $125,000 if you take it off the market right now and sell it to me. So the guy did. And then the person who purchased it found out that houses in that neighborhood were going for like twenty thousand dollars. Oh, really? So it's, oh. it's in kind of a it's in kind of what seems to be a shifty neighborhood when you when you pull in there. You're like, oh, uh, where am I? Okay. Um, but it's you come to the house and it's, it looks really nice. I mean, it didn't look. It's not in the you know. I didn't feel unsafe or anything, but you know, mm-hmm. I'm somebody's mom probably would. But um. <laughs> But, but uh, you can see right away that there's lots of folks there visiting and, and um, you know, it's an active area where people are looking at things because there's there's the house, there's a gift store and there's a, a museum all there, three different places right on that same corner. Oh, OK. So it's it's more than so, just the house itself. But uh, is it furnished exactly like it was in the movie? It is 
Pretty darn close. So the other thing the guide told us was that when the guy bought the house, it was completely gutted inside, and he had to completely rebuild it inside. Oh, um, wow. So he rebuilt it as close to the movie as he could, and it looks pretty right. damn close. And the cool thing about going in the house is they let you take pictures. They have it – like they have the leg lamp sitting in the window. Right. They have the the Life Boy soap up in the bathroom. Oh, okay. Um, they even have pink little bunny costumes that they'll let you put on and take pictures. <laughs> they let you do kind of whatever you want in the house. Wow. It's not like a, oh, don't touch anything. Uh-huh. It's very much a hands-on thing. Hmm. Uh, they have a, like a, a Red Rider BB gun you can pick up and take pictures with. And, oh. of course, a Christmas tree is up. and. Uh- but you don't get to the shoot the red, bowling ball. You don't get to shoot the Red Rider BB gun in the backyard, though. Uh, no, you. Don't. <laughs> it's not. It's not quite that interactive. So. Right. But it was. It was really cool. And then of course they have the gift shop, and then they have they have a museum where they have some things like some of the costumes that were worn in the movie, and uh, some of the posters from other countries, and you know more of a museum type thing where you walk in and then it stuff is behind glass. Ah, okay. And they don't want you to touch it. And that's a separate building from the house, or it's inside the house? It is, yeah. Oh, okay. No, it's a separate separate building. building. Okay. And then the gift shop is... In that same, uh, also building? a separate building. Oh wow! Okay. So it's three three buildings. Yeah, yeah, and they're very, they're pretty much side by side. And then there's a you do get to go in the backyard, and the shed is there, mm-hmm. um, and you do get to um, and you can take pictures there. And then uh, there's also a garage where they have a car that that uh, is the one of the cars that was used in filming, oh, and wow. a they have a fire truck that was used in the parade scene. No An kidding. old fire truck. Okay, so yeah. they, they spent a, spent a bit of money to uh, collect all of the items that they've got in the museum and the, the cars and the fire truck. That's that they actually put some thought into it. Yeah, it, it's it's a very if you love the movie and who doesn't, right. it's a very cool thing. And like I said, it was not cheap. It was probably I I think it was fifteen bucks a piece to go. It might uh, have even been eighteen to to do the tour, which I don't think they'll let you go in the house unless you pay to do the tour oh, okay. um and, sure. and stuff so they're they're recouping some money there but yeah well they but need it was, to they got was, about uh, they got yeah. about a hundred thousand dollars to recoup from overpaying for that house plus yeah yeah, yeah. Exactly. but it was cool because i really liked it because you could take kids and kids would like because you can touch things and run around and yeah and um you know and and anyone who's seen them you know now nowadays you know our friend trish works for um she, I can't remember who she works for now. She works for the, the state s- as part of a. Is she work for a museum uh, or she works for the state? The state, uh, but history museum, historical society. I don't know. The, yeah, something like she'll, that. She'll have to straighten and, us know, out. She'll email us. Yeah, I, I can't remember because you know some of the stuff she posts online is things about museums and, and uh, places like that, historical sites, trying to get more people to come. And one of the things they're doing is letting people take pictures now and 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 things like that because that's what people want to do. You know, that's what's going to make people come if they can touch and yes. and uh, and experience and take pictures. That's you know okay. that's going to get a lot of younger people interested in going places. So right. I thought that was really a cool part of that museum was that you could it was very interactive uh and and they were very easy going and cool and and um right d- you know it wasn't like oh don't touch anything 
Yeah, you didn't feel like you were being being watched with uh, hidden cameras to make sure you don't uh, damage anything. Right, so, right. All right. It well, was funny cool. because, yeah, it was funny because, um, you know, the guy was like, there are some pink bunny suits you can put on and take pictures if you want to. And, of course, me, right. I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. And we were there. I bet we you were there with these. Your nephew did, though. No, he didn't want to. Well, I didn't oh. ask him if he wanted to, but he didn't want to. I don't think he's he's a little shy about things like that. Well, but um, yeah. we were there with about there was probably like 15 people in our group, maybe a little less, maybe a little more. And okay. there were these African-American folks with us and uh, they were the first ones in the bunny suit. They loved it so uh, much. And I, it was cool. it was really neat because it, it brought I, it. just And, all, you know, once they did it, everybody else wanted to do it and was interested in it. And we took all took pictures of each other and stuff although i didn't do it but um nice. you know other people did it too and it was like they were really in the spirit of it it was awesome so we we were with a good group and that was fun all right love it that sounds yeah, like a great time okay so that was that was like one of the very first things that you did once you got into town yeah we didn't even go to the hotel yet oh, it's gonna really? be a long wow. show man okay well that's all right it's gonna be a long show okay well so we'll, the we'll deal with it <laughs> So the next thing we did was on the way to the hotel. Uh-huh. So there's this there's this artist. His name is Klaus Oldenburg, and he does large scale sculptures of everyday objects in public spaces. Okay, like a, a giant have, tea kettle or a telephone or something. Correct. Okay. So I have seen two of his of his pieces. I ha- there is a. Uh, and oh my God! Oh, so in Las Vegas, uh, at the actual, actually at the University of Las Vegas, there is a giant flashlight sculpture. Oh, cool! Which I have seen hmm. and taken pictures of. And in Cologne, Germany, there is an upside-down ice cream cone on the side of a tall building, oh, which is shit. a really cool one. Wow! And I, I just happened to be in Cologne and take a picture of it. I didn't even know it was his sculpture until. Uh, I was reading online about him, and I was like, oh, my God, that I, I have a picture of that. I've seen that, hmm. which led me to go, now it's my mission to try and see as many Klaus Oldenburg's public sculptures as I can before I die. Wow. <laughs> and there are there are probably about 30 of them, if not 40 of them, uh, about 20 in the U.S. here and about 20 abroad, mostly in Europe. A wow. couple, I think there's a couple in Asia. Uh, and maybe even one in Australia. Um, so hmm. in Cleveland, there is one called Free Stamp, and it's a giant stamp, you know, like a like a ink Post- stamp. Oh, an ink stamp. Okay, right. Yeah, like an ink. A, so a it's rub- like a, a rubber you know stamp. with a handle on it. Mm-hmm. Say that again. A rubber stamp. A rubber stamp. Yes, that's right. exactly. So okay. it's like a giant rubber stamp that says free on the bottom, but of course it kind of says it backwards, like it would on a rubber stamp. Sure, of course. And that is uh, that was just two blocks from our hotel. So we walked over there and took some pictures of that. So now I have seen three Klaus Oldenburg public stat, uh, sculptures. Hmm. Um, some, something tells me this be, could become an obsession with you, trying to see as many of those as you possibly can throughout the world. It, it is. There are two. You know, I went to Chicago last year to see the David Bowie exhibit at the museum there. The Bowie is. Yes. And there is a sculpture in Chicago, and I knew that, but I was there in the winter, and it was really cold. I, I mm. believe it's a sculpture of a baseball um, uh, bat that's near the uh, one of the Chicago stadiums. Okay, right. So I'm mad at myself because I missed that. And then there's mm. also one near Marfa, and we were at Marfa last year, 
and I didn't know that was there, and wow. so now I've got to go back to Marfa. So. Okay, so so where is this uh, artist uh, Klaus Oldenburg from? He he's I do you know I don't know a lot about him. I do believe he's from obviously with the name Oldenburg. I think he's from Germany. Okay. Um, when I was a teenager, I got a book about pop art, which mm-hmm. is kind of where I first saw a little bit more about Warhol and that was kind of one of the things that kind of got me interested in Warhol and uh in the in that book there was also a picture of one of Klaus Oldenburg's sculptures he also does uh, were they contemporary sculptures that, yes oh, okay. Oldenburg is still alive in fact uh, um and Klaus Oldenburg had created hamburgers that were that were like made out of stuffed these were not uh ex, you know for outside they were in a museum but mm-hmm. they were like um sculptures of hamburgers i do believe made of like foam rubber or something huh, um okay. that were very large yeah. um and something about that just appealed to me hamburgers always do but you know <laughs> i just thought it was really cool to you know this guy's just sculpting everyday objects kind of like what warhol was doing Mm -hmm. and saying it's art and putting it in a museum and it just was one of those he's one of those artists that always stuck with me that i was always interested in and i've seen a couple of his pieces at at different museums that were the smaller indoor sculptures Uh but you know there is you can find online the list of all the uh if you google it you can find a list of all the outdoor sculptures like okay. i was saying and i uh, there's at least 30 or 40 of them really the um, larger and larger than life ones interesting yes yeah um so i'm excited i i i, I you know i can't even remember what's at marfa um but i want to go back that way which Marfa was a cool little town, and I, I'd like to go back to Marfa anytime. Yeah. Uh, we saw the Marfa lights, which was just freaking crazy and amazing. That's wild. Um, yeah, yeah, that Sierra, was our trip last year. Right. Sierra and I keep saying we're gonna we're gonna go to Marfa soon. So uh, who knows? Maybe you can go with us. Maybe we can make it a a road trip. Yeah. Absolutely. It's certainly fun. It's certainly a fun little town. And we went on the weekend, and it's so that town is so small they close it up on Sundays. Whoa. So we okay. need to go on like a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and head home Sunday or something because oh, okay. it, it, it there wasn't much to do there on a Sunday. Okay. Got um, it. Um, that reminds me too, not to go back, but um, when we were watching the uh, when we were doing the um, Christmas Story house. Right. You know, you've seen that film many times, right? Many times. So there's a scene where they're in the the department store seeing Santa. Yes. And that scene was filmed. So the tour guide was telling us that scene is filmed in a department store in downtown Cleveland called Higby's, which is what it's called in the movie, too. Right. Which was apparently so... so retro in the 80s when they filmed it that they didn't really have to change a whole lot, just a little bit. Oh, no um, kidding. Interesting. So I asked the tour guide guy, is Hig- Higby still around? Because um, it was at one time the at least the United States' largest um, department store. Possibly the, it may have been the world's largest at one time. I'm not sure. Wow. But it's no longer – the building is there, but it's no longer Higby's. It's actually a casino. Really? Hmm. Yeah. They have casino gambling so, in Ohio? They they do. Apparently, so the name of this casino, by the way, we went, because it's right downtown by where we were staying and doing some other things, is called Jack, for some reason, J-A-C-K, Jack oh. Casino. Okay. Um, there are some other ones in Ohio, um, in Cleveland. Um, apparently, the, the voters 
uh, I was reading online, uh, the voters of Ohio, uh, I think around 2009 it was, might have been a little earlier, approved casino gambling in the four biggest cities in Ohio, which is Cleveland, Columbus, uh, whatever the capital, Cincinnati, and then one other city. Might have been Akron, but I don't think it was. I think it was a different city. Okay. Um, so there's actually a casino in – so we went to that casino, and it was kind of cool, but there's no real – other than the outside of the building looking a little retro, there's no mm. homage to Higby's in there okay. that I saw. Now, right. Maybe I missed it because we weren't there too long. There's also a casino in in Pittsburgh. Um, oh, really? Which wow. I don't know. I Yeah. So And uh, that is called Rivers Casino, and it was huge. We went there one night and spent uh, – we weren't there too long, two or three – maybe a couple hours I think we were there. Um, okay. Uh, but um, it so was you only cool lost that, a couple of hundred you know, then. I didn't. Yeah, I did really well at Jack. We only I only lost twenty bucks because oh. we weren't there very long. Okay. And at Rivers, I actually won fifty bucks. Well, there you go. So hey. woohoo! I was up three hundred at one point, but of course that never. <laughs> well, that never that never is gonna stay. Right. Well, yeah. You know, it's I gonna can... go back in the uh, slot <laughs> eventually. Yes. Well, that's cool. Interesting. Yeah. Cleveland. All right. Um, so what about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? So the next day we got up, we went to a restaurant called Slyman's, which everyone told me you have to go to in Cleveland. Really? Um, which famous? had huge... It, it was a little hole-in-the-wall place. Okay. It's only open from 6 a.m. to 2 p.m., so they have breakfast and lunch. Their, uh, big, uh-huh. uh, their big item is corned beef, hmm. and they make it there, and they actually sell it by the pound there. You can buy it – you can buy – like you can in Texas, you can go to a barbecue place and buy a family pack. Right. In Cleveland, you can go to Slyman's and buy a family pack of, of corned beef wow. <laughs> with bread and sides. Yeah, I'm, so, I'm a fan of corned um, beef. It, it was really good good it was it was very mild it wasn't too um peppery it was flavorful but it wasn't too yeah it wasn't you know uh, i don't know what you would call that too much it wasn't overly (laughs) corned yeah um but they give you a sandwich with at least it's got to be at least three quarters of a pound of corned beef on it it was huge wow that's what you want sandwich did they put any sauerkraut on it i can't remember i had so much good food on this trip i can't remember if there was sauerkraut on that or not i feel like there was all right i I feel like there was that's Um, that's just i'm just calling back to last last episode where we were talking yes, about sauerkraut yeah. at length, I believe. Something I had had we, – we went to another place in in uh, Pittsburgh called Primanti Brothers, which people told me I should go to, and they are also a sandwich place. Mm-hmm. And I had a big sam- – they, they are a place that serves sandwiches with the French fries and everything on the sandwich. And uh, I feel like that one had sauerkraut on it too, but I can't remember. It's all running together already. <laughs> Yes. So anyway, Rock, rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Then we went on to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which was about wow. two blocks from our uh, our hotel. Uh, it was maybe three or four. Um, I, I didn't want to walk it, yeah. but we took a shuttle over there, and then the shuttle didn't come pick us up, so we, we walked back to the hotel. My nephew ran me ragged, but it was great because he made me do a lot of walking, which okay. I need to do. Well, that's but, good. Good for the circulation. Good for the yeah, ticker. Yeah, yeah. Made me feel – yeah, I slept well at night while we were on this trip. So. Oh, that's good. Um, so Rock and Roll Hall of Fame was really cool. Yeah. Um, it's it's pretty big. Um, mm. It's like six stories. 
Oh, um, really? And the majority of stuff is on the first two floors. Uh, I'm trying to yeah, – again, it's been over a week now, and it's all kind of a blur. Sure, um, I get it. I'm, uh, the th- you know, they had uh, just a ton of stuff there. And a lot of – every floor has some kind of place where you can either sit and watch videos uh, or movies or something. There was something on every floor – where you could kind of sit and rest for a second and watch either induction ceremonies oh, or cool. uh, there were some there were some videos running that they had um, uh, people in the early actually it was censorship of music throughout the ages so they had everything from people in the 50s against rock and roll to like the 80s when Tipper Gore was right uh, all involved with censorship right and putting uh, warning labels on uh, album covers stuff like that yeah right yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. So just That's a ton of, of video archives and, and uh, stuff like that that you could watch and see. They had a, a decent couple of segments, sections with stuff of Elvis's. Right. Um, they actually had part of the wall from Roger Waters' Pink Floyd, the wall. Oh, that's cool. Uh, stage set. Nice. Um, yeah, there, that was one of the things that I remember vividly. Oh, um, sure. But just a just a a lot of unique different things. I'll tell you the thing that I loved most was mm-hmm. we were watching. We were in this amphitheater where they, or it was like a movie theater where they had right. uh, uh, induction ceremonies, just clips from induction ceremonies throughout the years going. Right. And there was a ton of people there. We were there on a Tuesday, and it was packed. Wow! So this and, is a, a big draw. It was, uh, yeah, and so, of course, it's summer, too, but there were a lot of people there, and there were a lot of teenagers and young people there, and I, and mm-hmm. so we're watching this induction ceremony, and right. it, one year they inducted uh, uh, Velvet Underground, oh, and cool. so there was a segment of that where they played one of their, you know, they didn't, it, you know, it was, it wasn't like a complete 10 minutes on the Velvet Underground, but it was probably a minute, minute and a half, but it was enough to hear one of their, you know, part of one of their songs and yeah. and hear them talk a little bit. But I just thought there was so much cool music and a lot of really alternative, you know, there was a lot of a, a, a wide variety of stuff to where there was like a Lady Gaga's dress, one of her dresses was there. Hmm. Um, so there was certainly stuff that young people would like. And then there was stuff that I thought, man, if that just turns one kid on to the Velvet Underground, then it's all worth it. You know, <laughs> right. it, it was just it just seemed like there were a lot of, you know, teenagers there that were probably seeing some things about bands for the first time. And right. maybe one of them is going to walk away and be like, I want to know more about this person or that person. Right. Well, that's the and hope, that's a, right? that's a cool thing. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. the cool thing. Yeah. Okay. So, so here's it's a, funny because uh, uh-huh. I'm just going to ask you, you probably know this. Who was the first person ever inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? No, actually, I don't. That's a good trivia question. Yeah, I guess um, uh, if somebody knows out there, just email us, let us know, or we'll just Google it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you don't know? No, I, I thought don't. you had an answer. No, no. Hmm, I, was, I don't I was, know. I was just winging it right there, trying to find out. Hmm. I bet yeah. you there's somebody well, they, in our well, listening audience who knows. Who? Oh, Sure. Um, you know, that was the other thing they've just inducted. I don't know how recent the 2016 inductees were announced. I feel like it was within the last couple months. Yeah, I think Um, I remember hearing, but I couldn't tell you who it was. (laughs) And I can't remember. I can't remember many of them either. 
Um, I'm because one of the first things on the first level you go on right. is a is the new one, the new the 2016 inductees. There's a little bit of of uh, memorabilia and and video of the induction ceremonies mm. uh, for the 2016 inductees is oh. what starts it off. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So keeping it so in the present. One of the, yeah. Yeah. Make, yeah. Making it relevant and interesting. So one of the things that um, that me and my nephew were talking about when we were flying home from the trip was yeah. we saw and did a lot of things. And there wasn't one thing that really was like, you know, sometimes you take a trip and there's just like that one thing mm-hmm. that stands out as the aha moment or the the oh moment right, you know right. what i mean the, the epiphany and, yeah and we didn't really have a moment like that we just uh. saw a ton of stuff and a lot of cool stuff but you know we were i was said to him on the way home what was your favorite part of the trip and he was kind of not sure and i was like i know we saw so much and uh. it was all so cool but yeah. I couldn't tell you, oh, here was the one, you know, like I there, uh-huh. at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, there wasn't one thing that I went, oh, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. Uh, okay. You know, there was a lot of cool stuff and certainly seeing like the, they had a big area where they had the wall up um, mm-hmm. with one of the big, uh, I can't remember if it was inflatable or something or if it was uh, yep. something else, but it's Those... like one of the characters from the... the like one of the big puppets? The, yeah, yeah. Okay, right. Um, as part of it. So it was certainly cool to see that. Sure. You're saying nothing oh. necessarily uh, stood out as like the, the amazing moment, but it was still everything was just fun. Was, maybe it was just because it was just kind of information overload. So much to see and do that, you know. We almost didn't have time to digest it, yeah. Right, you right. Were, you were doing stuff and then on to the next thing. Exactly. Just a lot, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so after the Rock, the Rock and Roll, and Roll Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame. <laughs> okay. So we had a third day in Cleveland, but we didn't. I didn't really have anything in particular I wanted to do, and I looked, mm-hmm. and there was a town near Cleveland, but, but really between Cleveland and uh, Pittsburgh, called Youngstown, Ohio, uh-huh. and they have a big art museum there called the Butler Institute of Art. Ooh. So. We went there, and and that's a really cool art museum in a small town that I bet a lot of people don't know about or don't go to. Hmm. And uh, what's, what's the small town? Youngstown, Ohio. Oh, Youngstown. Okay. Mm-hmm. Which is not a tiny town by any means, but right. and, and it's a college town. I'm pretty sure because the Butler Institute of Art is is near a college there that I don't remember what hmm. you know if it's a University of Cleveland of uh, Ohio or I don't know what it is. But the Butler Institute of Art is one of those uh, huge museums of art that has a lot of stuff that was really interesting. I do believe it's all American art. That may be mm. part of it. Okay. Um, um, I could be wrong. It's hard for me to remember. We saw so many museums. Do but they, it was really cool. Do they have as part of their collection some uh, uh, artwork that is uh, immediately recognizable as something like, oh, wow, I've seen you know pictures of that before or heard about this particular artist. Right. They had, um, they, the, they had a lot of stuff I had not heard, artists I had not heard of before, but okay. um, they actually did have a Warhol there, oh. and they had uh, one of Warhol's early portraits that I just assume, you know, you assume everything of Warhol's is in his museum, but of course, many other museums have Warhol's, including uh, the Manel collection in Houston. 
Um, so if you go to Andy's, uh, because Andy did so many things that were were kind of the, the same, you know, he did several mm-hmm. soup cans, he did several portraits, he did several this sure. and that. When you say um, portraits, do you uh, mean self-portraits or portraits of other people? Well, there are many Warhol self-portraits, but this was actually a portrait of another person. Okay. Um, and it was one of his early portraits because he did portraits for money. Um, so I'm sure you've oh. seen like Warhol's uh, – he did um, – like there were some that he did as art like Marilyn Monroe and uh, Jackie Kennedy and sure. even Liz Taylor. But he also – the ones that are kind of like four panels with different colors using the same picture like Farrah Fawcett or different ones like that, a lot of those of course, were those... commissioned portraits. Oh, okay, okay. I didn't realize that. Yeah, so it, it's – it's it, so there were a lot of those at the Warhol Museum as well, but um, but this one that was in the Butler Museum of Art was a early one that he did as a commission that was a businessman, and I believe his name is Watson Powell. And um, somebody said when they saw it, one of I think it was one of Andy's dealers, uh, you know, art dealers, not Coke dealers, said. Mm. Uh, said oh he looks like the all-american man and he he does he he kind of is very he looks a little bit like ross perot with horn rimmed glasses oh, that's and wild. so what's the name yeah, of the guy so it's one what's... i believe it's watson powell watson he was the head powell. of an insurance agency mm-hmm. interesting and his son asked uh, his son commissioned warhol to do a, a, a series of portraits of him and so he did would this be early in warhol's career uh, yeah, I would say 64, 65, somewhere around there. Okay. This is, so before before he became so this, this the is, pop culture icon. Right when he was on the cusp, I would say, yeah. Okay. Because I think Soup Cans was in 62, and things like you know the Brillo boxes, the Brillo pad boxes and stuff like that were all around that time as well. Oh, okay. Early 60s, early wow. 60s, yeah. I, I didn't so realize he, that. Yeah. So that was really cool because that was something I didn't expect to see. If I had expected to see it at all, it would have been at Warhol's own museum. So it was one of those things where, oh, I got to see this Warhol because I drove to Youngstown. Mm, and mm-hmm. uh, and there was a lot of really cool, interesting art there. I wish I could think of something else that was there. Okay. That uh, There were definitely some pieces and definitely artists I recognized. But it was just one of those things where I was kind of Googling things to do when we planned the trip. And I thought, oh, we, we can – at first I thought we would drive on our way to Pittsburgh, driving down – we would just stop there, but then we kind of had a whole free day. So I was like, oh, we'll make this kind of the focus of the day. Mm-hmm. So the other thing in Youngstown is they have a little bridge in a park that was almost impossible to find. Oh, okay. That is called the C- Cinderella Iron Bridge. It's also sometimes called the Disney Bridge, even though Disney had nothing to do with it. Right. It's just, just very. It had it had the look and feel of uh, that kind of uh, Disney esque look and feel to it. Right, like a almost like a, a bridge, a drawbridge, not a drawbridge really, but like a like a castle bridge, a very ah, ornate bridge, okay. and it's very small. It just goes over a stream in a one of the parks there. I believe it's a state park. And um, it, it was a little difficult to find even with GPS um, okay. um, because it's not called – people call it the Cinderella Bridge or the Cinderella mm-hmm. Iron Bridge, and it's also called a couple other things. But it's it, there was no real signage, and we really had to 
Google and mess around to figure oh. out where it was. Well, but we you, eventually found it. How so. did you even find out about it to even consider going there? I I think it was in the Wikipedia page for uh, uh, Youngstown as oh. things okay. to see while you're there. That'll so, do it. So that was cool. And then we ate at a little cool place called Kitchen Post there uh, that and had some interesting food while we were there. So that was kind of like a just a side day going over to Youngstown and then, uh, you know, an easy day. <laughs> that right, was our yeah. easy day in was, the middle of the trip. It was kind of a, a, a lull before the big going to uh, Pittsburgh and, and going to the Pittsburgh, Warhol Museum. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So in Pittsburgh, I had a ton of stuff that I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And um, and we did almost everything that I wanted to do there. There was only a couple things we didn't get to. But um, Pittsburgh... You know, Andy Warhol's museum there is the only museum in America that's dedicated to a single artist. Really? Which is really cool. Yeah. Hmm. You know, he's from Pittsburgh. That's why the Warhol is there. And um, uh, that's where he was born and raised. And um, and he had so much product, and some of it was in his – not vaults, but, you know, he had a lot of stuff in storage that he had not sold because he did so many kind of copies and and things, so many right. different versions of the same thing. Um, and they sold a ton of it. Plus, he was a collector. He collected all kinds of paraphernalia and a lot of kitschy items. And uh, and um, he, he was just a, the kind of guy who saved everything. So okay. there are a lot of so he was things a from when he's in high yeah, he was. Okay. There are a lot of things from when he was in high school. Um, Interesting. Uh, even paintings and drawings from when he was in high school. Oh wow! Um, and like his high school yearbook and his high school and awards he won for drawings and there's just a ton of stuff there that starts from when he's a fairly young man. Cool. So let me ask you this: a, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Was Andy still alive when this museum opened, or was it a, a posthumous no. uh, event? It was posthumous. Okay. So when Warhol died, which was I think eighty six. Okay. Um, which is which is a crazy thing. He just went into the hospital for uh something that was supposed to be simple, a simple surgical procedure. Yeah. Uh, it may have been kidney stones or something. Oh, something hell. fairly simple. And he had been shot, you know, when Valerie Solana shot him in the late 60s. Yeah. He, he was physically dead for a while, and he had a ton of scars on his chest. And mm. he was kind of messed up internally because of being shot by her. Okay. And so— So there was some debilitation when, there. Yeah. Okay. So when—although they thought this procedure he had done, I wish I could remember what it was, was simple, something that people do all the time and survive— um, he had the procedure done and was in recovery and died in the middle of the night, and there there was a lot of speculation that somebody dropped the ball at the hospital, the night staff or something, um, allegedly. Um, yeah. well. So, you know, I, I've read about it, but I can't remember. I mean, there were lawsuits. There was all kinds of inquiries because he, he really died from having a s- procedure that – you know, people have all the time, even older people, and survive. And, yeah. uh, you know, it was a mystery why he didn't, other than the fact that he was really torn up mm-hmm. from being shot anyway. Mm, um, true. So so I'm, it was I'm a sure shock are, when he died. Yeah, I'm sure there are plenty of conspiracy, conspiracy theories also going around about Oh, there could happened, be, yeah. You know. Yeah, 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 because he didn't have any kids, so he didn't have, obviously, so he didn't have any uh 
anyone that he left things to, I don't believe he had. A, I don't even know if he had a will. I can't remember now. Uh. Um, he may have because they set up the Andy Warhol Foundation, which does things for young artists. And but they auctioned off a crud load of his stuff and mm. used the money to open the museum and oh, and cool. create the Andy Warhol Foundation. Nice. Which may have been something that he wanted to do in his will. I wish I knew more. Mm. I wish I rem- I know all this, but I, it's been a while since I read about it, and I can't remember off the top of my head exactly how everything worked out. But okay. Um. So the Warhol's been around. For since the 90s um and like i say it's the only u.s museum dedicated solely to one artist very cool and it's in pittsburgh but in pittsburgh is also several museums that um the carnegie family set up um so there's a a big carnegie museum of art that we went to which also in is the uh, in the same building uh, or connected to that building they have the Carnegie Museum of uh, Science and Nature Ooh. so that's a big complex and then there's a third Carnegie Museum there and I can't remember what it's dedicated to but wow. we went through the Carnegie Art Museum and we went to uh, the Science and Nature one just cuz it's included in the admission uh, we didn't spend much time there but the Carnegie Museum just has a shit ton of modern art and and older art too just a a ton of interesting art um so if you know i loved pittsburgh driving in pittsburgh is a nightmare but if you love art the carnegie museum and the warhol are must-sees um they are definitely must-do uh places it's there and then there's another um museum or art place that i'll tell you about too that we went to um actually there's a couple Oh hell! So the other and then yeah, <laughs> three-hour so the episode, other, <laughs> right? So the other um, museum that we went to on the first day that disappointed me was called the Toonsium. It's dedicated to cartoons. Oh, well, and sounds like it, it could was, be a great thing, but yeah. It was kind of small, mm-hmm. and I think it was it was at least fifteen dollars to get in. I believe no, 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 it wasn't that much. Maybe it was just eight. I, I think okay. it was eight. It wasn't that expensive, but it was eight bucks. And mm-hmm. um, they had one room dedicated to political cartoons about the current election, and oh. so that was okay, but nothing fantastic. Right. And then they had a a second room dedicated to Captain America, which is not something I'm particularly interested in. Right. And they didn't have a lot of stuff there. Okay. Um, so I think one day that it could be a really cool place, but okay, maybe maybe they're um, still in kind of a building phase, and you know, just not. Yeah, up I, to I their think it's a fairly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a fairly new museum. Um, okay, but I'm glad we did it. It was cool to see it. Right, and it, it wasn't expensive and, and or anything. So what the hell. Right, right. So then the other museum that we went to that is was was this was if there was one kind of aha awesome place, <laughs> right? It was a it was a it was a art museum for lack of a better word, art gallery type place okay. called the Mattress Factory. The Mattress Factory. Okay. Yes, and it's called the Mattress Factory because it's in an old building that, that used to be, used a, mattress to be a mattress factory. factory. Okay. makes perfect sense yeah so it is a art museum again for lack of a better word that is dedicated to installations so instead of just having paintings hanging on the walls or sculptures sitting around Mm -hmm. it has more interactive 
installation type art. That sounds interesting. It was kind of cool. And there, there's actually three buildings. One of them was closed for a new installation being putting it, put in while we were there. But the, uh, the, we went into two buildings um, and the big building where the museum really is kind of the, the main building where it's housed was, it's like four stories. They have this old uh, industrial, huge kind of elevator that takes you up. Um, but there was, uh, and then you can walk down some stairs, but then there was a couple installations that were, uh, that you could only access by the elevator. So it was, it was a really cool experience. It was very interesting, some very interesting art, definitely avant-garde and modern. Um, but just a super cool place to go. Oh my God. I forgot about one other place too. Okay. Well, so before we bef- really in- we really enjoyed that. Okay. Any particular installation that sticks in your mind? That yeah. You could describe? I, so this is this is going to be kind of a spoiler. So um, ah well. So, so there was this one floor where it was dark, and yeah. they told you that you know it would take you some time for your eyes to adjust. Okay. So they send you. So you get in there, and there's a girl at the lobby of that floor and she sends you into one room mm-hmm. and you go and it's just a uh, a projector projecting kind of a red square on the wall and i was like yeah you know, <laughs> you know okay. it's just like yeah so here's here comes the spoiler okay. so then and it's but it's dark so you have to hold that they tell you to feel around the wall you know with your hand because yeah. you kind of go around corners and stuff, and then you come into this room where it's just this red square projected on the wall by a projector. Yeah. So then you come back out into the lobby, and she says, okay, now go in in, uh, in this room and feel around the wall and and go into that, and that and you can go see that one. So we did that, and we go into that one, mm-hmm. and it's just a blue square on the wall. <laughs> oh, no. But she had said at the introduction – she had said, now, you know, you can you it's OK to touch the blue square. Um, oh. But, you know, a lot of stuff was very interactive. So that wasn't a big didn't necessarily go ding, ding, ding or anything. But mm-hmm. when you get in there, you see this blue square and it's dark, of course, and your your eyes are adjusting and you think, oh, it's just a fucking blue square projected on the wall. Right. But when you go up, but then you go, well, she said we could touch it. So you mm-hmm. walk up to it mm-hmm. and then. It's actually a square cut out of the wall with a blue background behind it that you touch that you you realize it's a 3D thing. It's a it's a constructed thing. It's not a blue square being shot on a wall by a projector. Right. It's an actual wall with a hole cut into it with a blue background behind it. Okay. So it becomes this piece about perception and tactile Right. and the yeah the light was, light was not being projected onto the wall light was coming out of a hole in the wall that was a square shape right that okay. you didn't realize until you walked up and physically touched it right. if she hadn't said go up and touch if she hadn't said oh it's okay to touch the blue square uh-huh. you would have just looked at it and went eh blue square projected on the wall and walked <laughs> away right but because she planted that seed you actually mm-hmm. go up and go and walk up to it and touch it and you're like oh it's not a pro-, because you're kind yeah. of also looking for the projector and you're like there's there's no projector in here right. and it just makes you curious it was i just thought that was really cool right I, it, it was a it was a trips a trigger in your brain once you realize what's uh, actually going on so uh, i right. get it. i can see that could be interesting it, it was a real interesting statement on perception yeah and it's just kind of kind of cool that there's a whole art gallery 
that gave this artist a whole floor to put in those two rooms wow to make you question your own judgment and perception <laughs> hey, i mean you know the idea the idea kind of a requires a gallery. big space mm-hmm. yeah. yeah the idea requires a big space and someone willing to let you do that right. and the mattress factory is the kind of place that does that okay. and yeah. So yeah, so it sounds more like yeah, definitely a gallery than a, a museum. Yeah, I mean to yeah. me, a gallery is a place that sells art, and this is an art that's for sale. Well, it's more of an art installation museum, okay, or an art installation area. I don't know what you want. Yeah, I'm. Sh- I we should Google it. I'm sure it says in their title exactly what it is, but it's called the Mattress Factory. There were mm. several things there besides that, and and some of them were just like eh, but. Some of them were really cool and interesting and made you question, you know, like good art should. It made you think about things and, and, uh, and, you know, was interesting. So Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. then a couple blocks from the mattress factory, yes, there is a, there is a place called Randy Land. Randy Land? Hmm. Randy Land. Wow. Randy Land is Is kind of like, you know, it's a swingers paradise. I know, right? Doesn't it sound like it? <laughs> yeah, it sounds place like to it. Go and get Randy. All right, right. let's go get Randy, mates. <laughs> um, it's you know, here in Austin, we have the Cathedral of Junk, which I think is still open. Uh, I wouldn't. There was know. talk about closing it at one time. Have you ever been to the Cathedral of Junk? I don't think I have. Oh my God, it's awesome. Okay. There's, it's a someone here in Austin. I can't even remember what part of town it is in. He's taken basically his backyard and he uses junk to make art pieces and it's kind of an interactive thing where you can go in his backyard and see it and some of it you can climb on and and uh, touch and play around with and and take pictures and he uh, is usually there and and will talk to you when you come in and Hmm. Mm -hmm. sometimes he's working on it and uh, it may only you know there were times where I think it was only open on the weekend and of course his neighbors uh, didn't love it because a lot of people come into his neighborhood to see it and you know right that's always frustrating for neighbors. Yes. Um, but and there was a there was a point where they were talking about closing it down using uh, city codes or um, uh, zoning or something. Of course. Um, but I think he was able to get the city to let him keep it open. Uh, I, I, the last time I looked, it still was uh, around, as far as I know. Me and Michael, my nephew, went about five or six years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was since then that they talked about closing it. Uh, but I do okay. believe it's still here in Austin, the Cathedral of Junk. Yeah. So well, hopefully if it's Randy still around, Land, I can go. Okay, Randy Land, yes. R- Randy Land, this guy in Pittsburgh. Yes. Has bought a couple buildings, uh, old houses, and he's kind of done the same thing, but more artsy, less, less junky. But okay. he's... <laughs> And you his know, neighbors he's, like him. He's painted well, you know, I'm sure some of them don't because it's right in the middle of a residential district, but so is the mattress factory. So it's well, in a yeah. and it's just in a little neighborhood. And again, both of these neighborhoods in Pittsburgh, I'm sure there are some people who would go, No, I'm not get, drive up and go, No, I'm not getting out of the car. I'm scared. But <laughs> they're not, you know, and they're not they're not in the bad part of town or anything. They're just in the part of town where people live and and probably don't want art in their backyard but uh, they got yeah. it anyway. 
I'm, but, I'm, I'm sure so, there's mixed emotions among various neighbors. So, you know, mm-hmm. well, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm sure if I live next door, if I bought a house and live next door to someone and they started doing something that caused, you know, hundreds of people to come every day and yeah. park in my neighborhood and walk on my sidewalks and, you right. know, probably leave trash and yell and scream and make noise and bring kids and dogs. And I would lose my shit too. <laughs> you know what, I, you know what I would do? Move out. No, I would start selling sandwiches and lemonade in my front yard. Well, that that's what I would do too. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I was like, someone, someone should put a taco truck right here. There it is. But, but Randy, Randy has painted a lot of stuff and then he's, you know, like there, he had a lot of things like little plastic dinosaurs that he'd built a, a, a hill of dirt and put them all on that. And he'd hung, he'd had several, like seven or eight uh, old doors leaning up against one wall that he had painted on. So he's an artist who paints and does things, but it's also right. it's found also, objects yeah. and art sculptures and all that stuff. That's, that's Just interesting. Su- super mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, super cool, colorful, fun. And then there's Randy. Oh, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> and a, Randy is interesting. He's a work of art himself. He is. He will if you go to Randy Land and it's open, then you will meet Randy and it will be an interesting experience. Yeah. And he's he's just a really cool, fun guy, but he talks nonstop and mm-hmm. he 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 tells folks that he has ADHD, which he obviously does. <laughs> he's very quirky and very right. so like there was this the so we were there and there was probably ten people there while we were there. Okay. And um this this young couple was there and he was talking to them and they told him, I believe, that they had just gotten married or were going to get married. And he's like, oh, well, you have to have a picture with the Randyland sign. And then he made them take like 10 different pictures where he posed them around different things in the yard in the <laughs> art area. Oh, oh that's cool. He's like, oh, everyone takes a picture with this. This there was like some kind of alligator there. I don't know if it was stuffed or if it was a cutout oh, drawing or whatever. He's like he's like having the guy hold the tail and the girl act like the gator's going to get her and eat, you know. And these <laughs> people were kind of like they just got sucked in and had to do what he said. Um, but, <laughs> he's like but, here, uh, do what know, everybody and, else does when they come here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and uh, and you know they were hesitant at first, but it, eventually you're just like, all right, I've just got to let. R- Randy go and do what he wants to do, or I'll yeah. I'll never get out of here. Um, <laughs> yes, whatever but, whatever know, Randy so, wants, Randy gets. Randy gets. Yeah. But he's a certainly an interesting. I mean, he's certainly not. You know, he wasn't unpleasant in any way. No. He's a fun guy, quirky guy, interesting guy. I would, you know, me as someone who's kind of uncomfortable around people I don't know. If I'd went there and I was the only one there, and he cornered me, I might feel pretty damn uncomfortable. Right. <laughs> but he's certainly harm a harmless guy. Yeah. Um, he's just gonna talk your ear off until someone distracts him and he goes to talk their ear off. Yeah. Um, I'd be curious to so see if you, somebody has uh, done a documentary about him. That would be interesting to someone see. Someone will before too damn long. If someone hasn't already, yeah, yeah, he's a really interesting guy, and I'm gonna have to check you know, YouTube. I yeah, oh, I'm sure there's some stuff from there. Um, fun, just fun, fun guy. Yeah, if we can find some YouTube stuff, we'll put it on the Slippery Slope Facebook page. Yeah. Um, but it, it was that was one of the highlights of the trip. I would say too, it was just a cool little fun place that I read I found online. Uh-huh. People say if you go to Pittsburgh, you got to go to Randy Land. It's yeah. right next. It's just a block away from the mattress factory, so it's very easy to find it um, and do both of those in one in one day in three or four hours. 
Um, is Randy charging I, admission? It was, no, that's the other thing. Really? Uh, he does have, just like Cathedral of Junk, he has a little uh, mailbox you can put a donation in. Okay. But um, yeah. it, but it, and which I did, you know. But um, that's cool. It, yeah, it it was uh, it was a neat little place, and he's like, come in, and you know, he's very welcoming. Come in, take pictures, enjoy yours. You know, he's mm-hmm. he's a cool guy. He's just he's obviously got ADHD, and is, and it, he's is, in the right atmosphere to let it go. So is he in, is he in his twenties, thirties, forties, fifties, sixties? How old is he? Probably he might be fifty. Okay. He's he's very hippie, very hippie esque. He's got kind of shaggy blonde hair, and he wears round glasses. Mm. Um, but he's definitely at least forty, and 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 maybe fifty. Um, okay. Um, but fun, fun guy, and and yeah, just you know, he he'll tell you take pictures and 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 uh, promote me, not promote me, but he'll say like you know like me on Facebook, and I want to. He's like he was saying he has up to two hundred people a day come. Wow, and um, that's cool. And sometimes on the weekend up to five hundred, and he would like more people to come. You know, um, he because he wants to be. Uh, not a, I mean, he pretty much said, I want to be a famous artist. You know, he wants to yeah. kind of be famous. He wants to be famous for doing this. Right. Um, and he was telling, he mentioned he bought the house, I believe, for, I think he said he bought it. I can't remember what year it was, like 2006 maybe for $21,000. It's an old, there, there's a house, and then it looks like one of the buildings is an old movie theater. But in Pittsburgh and in Cleveland, hmm. there's a ton of old buildings. I wow. mean, that's another cool thing for someone from the south where we don't have old buildings yeah. to go and see this mixture of old and new buildings and architecture in the northern cities is a really cool experience right. because you will have a building built in 1890 right next to a brand new McDonald's or next to a you know okay. a, bil- a condo that was built yesterday or right. something well yeah i mean we have old buildings here in texas but the further east you move the older they become you know by Right, decades right. Decades and decades there are, and decades. There are some. There are obviously in some churches that were probably built in the late uh, 1700s, if not the early 1800s. Right. Um, and things like that. Yeah. So that's, that's when it really, yeah, starts getting old, old, interesting. Old. Yeah. Right. And especially for someone, you know, I grew up in the Midwest, and I've been to some northern cities, but for someone who lives in Texas or has lived in Texas all their life, or for most of their life. Yeah. who hasn't really seen that. It's a really cool experience. I think Michael, my nephew, who was born here in Texas, and he's traveled, of course, but um, I don't think he's been in that part of the country very much, if ever. Oh, okay. And he was really, I think that was something he really dug, was the the cool, he, he likes buildings and old buildings and stuff and art and stuff, and, wow. and I think he really dug the kind of juxtaposition of the old and new wow. that you find in Cleveland and Pittsburgh. Well, he's really going to freak out when he takes a trip to Europe then. Oh, well, he's been. <laughs> oh, he has. Oh, okay. Lucky guy, yeah. Right, that's cool. But he hasn't really he's he's been to Germany and he uh, he he had a friend who went to Germany, so he he really didn't see much there. Uh but they did go to Venice, so he has been to Venice. That's his one big right, uh, that's, European yeah. trip. That's so, that's when you can see some cool city. Some 600-year-old buildings or older. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or shit. <laughs> a thousand year old. What am I buildings. saying? A thousand yeah. year old. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So just one other thing that we did that, I, well, okay, maybe seven other things that we did. That I, <laughs> so another thing they have, another thing they have in Pittsburgh that's really cool is 
they have these things that are called uh, uh, funiculars. Um, they call them inclines, but it's basically like a uh, a cable car on tracks that goes up a hill. Okay. You don't see them a lot in the south, and and you don't see them a lot anymore anywhere because they're from the the two that they have in Pittsburgh are from the 1800s, but they're still running. So they're from back in the day when people didn't have cars, and right. to get up the hill, you'd get on this little cable car that ran on tracks, and it would drag your butt up the hill. And then uh, when you were ready to come back down the hill, it would take you back down the hill. Wow. Huh. Um, so it it was a peop it was a mode of transportation for people in uh, who lived in places where there were was like uh, uh, steep inclines. Do they have um, really steep inclines in uh, uh, Pittsburgh? Yeah, like leading down to the river. Uh, I mean, because okay. it's it's there's it's where the three rivers meet. Uh, um, uh-huh. So so they still have these two inclines, and they basically run them. I think as a tourist attraction because oh, there's you know right. obviously you could drive up the hill nowadays. Yeah, yeah. But it's really cool to just get on one, and it was cheap. It was like two fifty, I think. Uh, okay. Um, Why not then? Uh, t- yeah. So we took it up the hill. You, you know. It's like parking and and traffic. The the layout of the city in Pittsburgh is horrible. Driving there will make you insane. Oh, you really? Think Austin is is bad. Pittsburgh is frustrating. Yeah. Is it because uh, I don't know how anyone? Not not a lot of upgrades to the roads. They're still like uh, well, 1920s roads. You know, no, it's because there. It's like Austin. There's but worse. There's uh, three rivers that converge there, oh, and so, there's only so many bridges to yeah. get you to the different places you want to get. Oh my god! And to get yeah. to some of the bridges, mm-hmm. you have to drive all the way down to the end of the city, turn around, and get on a road that takes you to the bridge that you want. Oh shit! Okay. And like yeah, like I say before, I don't know how anybody found anything in Pittsburgh before GPS because it's the layout <laughs> is just ludicrous. Yeah. And, and in fact, the only fight me and my nephew had the whole time was we were looking for something and he was driving and he's like, I'm done driving. He was mad. I, oh, I was wow. trying to tell him to do something. He's like, I'm done driving. And <laughs> not a very he, uh, he got driver a friendly or or at least for tourists it, it, driving. It, yeah, I'm sure the locals know all the tricks, but if you're a tourist, you're fucked. Right, yeah. Yeah, without a GPS, you need a GPS to get anywhere. Okay. Um, and, and you just have to trust it, too. It's going to take you out of your way, and you're going to be like, why the fuck are you taking me here, GPS? But it's mm-hmm. getting you to the bridge you want to get to, right. to cross the river, to get to the place you want to get on the other side of the river. Yeah. So, so, like, parking... For the for the inclines, you had to pay to park. I mean, it, again, it's kind of a touristy thing now because you right. paid to park and then you climbed up the hill on some steps and got to this <laughs> building where the incline starts. You pay the guy to get on the incline. They only took cash. Uh-huh. They had a change machine there, but if you put a 20 in it, you were getting $20 worth of quarters. And, oh, shit. Uh, wow. And, and then – you got on the the little cable car. It's like a little cable car kind of thing, mm-hmm. and it drug you up the hill. So we did that one. E- so the girl at the hotel said, "Oh, you you know, a lot of people take the incline and and uh, go up on the top of the hill, and there's restaurants there, and and go do that and eat dinner one night." Well, how many so pe- we kind of did that. Okay. How many people fit in a car? Oh, probably fifteen, but it only takes you maybe a minute to get up the hill. Okay. So it runs back and forth constantly right right there's two of them actually most of them are run on a kind of pulley system that when one is coming down it pulls the other one up okay 
so Re- reusing or, or capturing that uh, the, the the power of gravity to uh, aid the the other car coming up that's cool right All right, right yeah and so when you got to the top of the hill in the funicular you went to a restaurant you said yeah, we had to walk a few blocks. Um, my nephew wore me out. <laughs> okay. We walked probably, uh, you know, he would say, oh, it's only three or four blocks, and it would really be eight or ten. And, uh, you know, I would ju- <laughs> eventually I just gave in. He was using psychological tricks on you to get you to keep going. <laughs> he, he, do- he does. He does. And there were a couple times where I said, we're, you know, like we walked to this restaurant to eat, and I was like, we're taking – we're calling Uber to get us back to the car. Cool. To get us back to the funicular, right. which it was probably only it was less than a mile away. Yeah. But you know, after I ate and kind of rested up a little bit, I was you know ready to walk back. Once I know okay. how far it is, I do a lot better. <laughs> you know, if I it's like okay, I know I can make this walk. It's sometimes when I'm walking and I don't know when I'm going to get there and I can't see the end of the road yeah. that I lose my mind. Right. That's when you get frustrated. Um, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, so anyway, that's the main thing of that trip. Now there was one other thing and that was before we left on the trip, Mm -hmm. I went to Houston because, you know, Michael and my family, they all live in Houston. Yes. And me and Michael and his boyfriend, Tony and my mom on the Saturday night before we went on the trip and Galveston, they had uh, an evening with Vicki Lawrence. Oh, really? That's yes. interesting. And I think I saw you posted a, something about that on Facebook. So Yeah, it was a uh I can't remember what it's called, but it's something like a two-woman show with one with one woman or something cuz oh. she comes out and she's Vicky Lawrence yes. and she kind of tells the story of how she got on the the Carol Burnett show, which I've heard a few times. Okay. And but she tells some other stories that I hadn't heard and then she sings um The Night the Lights Went Out in Georgia and oh. she's a fun it's just a fun interesting evening and then they play some outtakes from mama's family on a screen oh and those last maybe five minutes probably less than five minutes and then she comes out as mama oh and she does a whole monologue as mama then yes interesting interesting and so my nephew god bless him loves mama's family (laughs) really oh my god (laughs) okay golden girls and mama's family are his big things and uh yeah, so he's like Uncle Lodge. He's a he's a g- big old gay boy, um, right. but um, <laughs> but um, he so he really wanted to see that, and it was on his birthday. So of course we had to go, yeah. um, right. and it was really fun. She was she's a hoot. It's just a really fun, nice little evening, you know, yeah. of her just kind of. She sings a few songs. She tells some stories. She tells she talks as mama. She does this thing as mama where she supposedly answers questions from the audience, but it's on cards and it's uh, prearranged and that kind of stuff. So, right. well, she's probably yeah. she's probably the at the age now that uh, the 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 character of mama she's she's playing. You know, she's got to be seventy. She's playing almost her age. Yeah, she's. Yeah, I, she, yeah she's but, at least late sixties. But uh, so. publicity stills of her, she looks great for somebody who's in her seventies. She really does. She looks fantastic when she's on stage as herself. And we sat in the second row. I made sure we got good seats since right. it was Michael's birthday. Sure. And uh, and so we saw her up close, and she looks really good. She does. And wow. and really funny, and and you know, 
uh, we enjoy we all four of us enjoyed it. We just thought it was really cute and fun. Yeah, well, that so sounds that like a good time. A, yeah, what an interesting way to uh, begin before you even went on your trip. So, wow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was nine days I was absent from Austin. Wow. Well, Austin was missing you. Aw, <laughs> thanks, like, man. Yeah, but it uh, sounds like you had a, a really, really great trip. I enjoyed it. I had a really good time. And I did two things that were really what people call bucket list now. Even young people call them bucket lists. But two things yeah. I've always wanted to do, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and the Andy Warhol Museum. Yeah. Um, and that was really awesome. That was dream come true time. So yeah. I really – but we did so many other things. And then to be with a person you like, a young person who is interested in the same things as you, that's right. really cool. Well, I think having a nephew – Having kind of nep- cool. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> having a nephew like that, I think, is going to add years to your life. So far, yeah. yeah. We'll see. <laughs> Unless he we'll kills see. you with a long, long walk. <laughs> Unless it, yes, yeah, he could. Uh, we walked to this cool – we took a train and walked to this fountain in, in um, Pittsburgh that was out on kind of a park. It was where Fort Pitt used to be, wow. and they have this really cool fountain kind of where the three rivers meet. And that was a long ass walk, but then we got out. But also the weather was beautiful. Although it rained in Pittsburgh a couple of days, we were there. Uh, later in the day, it would um, uh, it would clear up, and then it would just be nice and cool. The breeze was always cool. It was about seventy five degrees, Man. which w- didn't seem warm at all. Wow, it seemed no. nice. I'm sure. Wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, that's what my air conditioner is set time. to right <laughs> So, yeah. yeah exactly. Got to yeah. love 74-degree uh, yeah. outdoor weather. <laughs> Who doesn't I, love that? I miss it. I forget what it was like. Yeah, I do too. You know, I grew nice. up in the Midwest, but we had hot days in the summer like we do here. But there were those spring and fall and, you know, I mean – in Texas, you really get two seasons. In in uh, yeah. the Midwest, you do get all four. Right. Yeah. So do we have time to do um, uh, the Oblique Strategy card and then do Stranger Things? Um, I don't think we'll sure. take more than a few minutes with Stranger Things. Yeah, I was going to talk about Bugle Boy, too, so I don't know, man. Yeah, we, we Bugle Boy? Of, yeah, it was a, Sierra and I went to, to listen to uh, some music in, in LaGrange, of all places. Well, I guess that's my that's that's my segue. Okay, we'll, let's just we'll get to everything. Okay, cool. You just say, okay, Sierra and I went to my hometown, which is Lagrange, Texas, and there is a very unique place that resides in an old army barracks in Lagrange. I didn't re- even realize that there was an old army barracks in Lagrange, but apparently there was. Hmm. There is, but uh, it was. Purchased, oh, I, I don't even know how long, maybe the, the mid-90s or so by um, mm-hmm. some people, and they, they made a music venue called The Bugle Boy, and it's known as a listening room, and uh, ah. a listening room, and uh, it's, it's also got, you know, a bar and a, uh, a coffee shop area, but then you walk through these double doors, and it's... Uh, small auditorium and it's got a stage and maybe 70 or 80 uh, theater type seats and it's a very intimate location to uh, to hear music. Wow. I mean very unusual for you know LaGrange Texas of all places you know. Right. uh, Hmm. So um, well we and well it's called the listening room because when you go there you sit down and you're told turn your cell phones off 
and no talking during the performances. I mean, this is a serious listening room. You know, you can buy drinks at the bar and you can get up during the show and go get more drinks. Just, you know, stay quiet and and let the musicians play. And so Sierra and I went there and uh, met up with uh, a high school buddy of mine, Wayne, and uh, even ran into a couple of more high school buddies of mine uh, unexpectedly when we were there. And we saw uh, Guy Forsyth, who is kind of a... I guess you'd say he's like a Texas blues guy. Uh, he also sings Americana, which I guess is elements of rock, R&B, folk, jazz. And uh, he also does blues-type rock. And I remember seeing seeing Guy Forsyth back in the early 90s when he was playing at Joe's Generic Bar on 6th Street in the backyard. Oh, wow. In the backyard of Joe's generic <laughs> bar behind a chain link fence with a freaking right? tip jar hanging on the fence, you know, <laughs> between the, the people sitting out on the picnic tables and stuff watching people. But uh, he was there playing. Yeah, his... I've only been to Joe's generic once, I think. Yeah, I don't even I don't even think it's there anymore, is it? I don't think so. I don't I, believe yeah, so. I don't believe so either. But uh, he was accompanied by who I later found out was his uh, cur- his girl girlfriend. Amanda Kitchens, who uh, was uh, accompanying him on an accordion, he was playing a guitar. I think he played harmonica, and at one point in time was even played a, a musical saw. He was doing a saw, oh, wow. you know, where you you bend it and you take a like a violin bow and stroke the saw, and it sounds like a theremin. So, <laughs> oh yes, yeah, this, this so guy's cool. pretty talented. He used to be part of, uh, uh, I think he still is, the Asylum Street Spankers. You probably heard of them before. Mm-hmm, yeah, uh, they're kind of a well, I don't know what you call them, a progressive folk band, a ragtime comedy rock, you name it, <laughs> they cover the gamut. But uh, right? yeah, Amanda Kitchens, who is accompanying him on her accordion, she kind of bears a, a a little resemblance to Annie Lennox with red hair. So that, that was oh, cool. interesting. But she has a beautiful voice and was they were singing together and uh, playing some of her songs. And I, I'd recommend people seek out. Amanda Kitchens, she has, I think, a new CD out, so it's worth listening to. Or you can probably find something on YouTube that would be interesting to, to listen to. So um, anyway, it was uh, it, it was a great night. Uh, it was a really good night of music. They, they put on a, a terrific show, and uh, I would recommend anybody uh, to check out uh, The Bugle Boy. I think you can, you know, Google them and, and uh, find out what, upcoming bands like i think i i was just browsing through and i think joe king carrasco is going to be playing there in like a month or so which is i haven't heard oh, that wow. name. i haven't heard that name in a few decades so that would be You're interesting right, right so yeah Wow. But, uh, I wish there was a place like that in Austin that was dedicated to being quiet when you're watching a band. There yeah. are so many I've had so many uh concerts or or performances ruined by talkative fuckheads. Uh, oh my god. Yeah, <laughs> I can't believe how how loud crowds can be while bands are playing at at, at certain venues it's insane ridiculous ridiculous i went and saw american analog set one time at the parish i think it was the and um you know it was like 20 bucks to get in which at the time for me 20 bucks was a lot of money right and they played and another band stillwater not Stillwater, Shearwater. Shearwater, uh-huh. which is a really quiet band, and there was a third band that, that was some kind of shoegazer band. I can't remember. But uh-huh. people, it was like people just got off work and were standing around talking, 
while these bands were playing that I paid 20 bucks to see, I was furious. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and, okay. I, and I was like, you know, American Analog Set, which I don't think they're together anymore. One of my favorite bands that was, and, and they're a rock, I mean, they're, they have a drummer. It's not like they're a little quiet band, but the music yeah. is kind of quiet. Yeah. And it's like, I would, I would love to go see them someplace like the Paramount where you could just sit mm-hmm. and watch them, you know, and not see them at some bar, you know, some right. pseudo bar performance space yeah. that has, uh, that where everyone's standing up. And then there are people who somehow paid $20 to go in and just talk to their friends while bands are playing. Yeah. That, yeah. <sighs> loud, loud, loud Rant over. conversations. Yeah. No, I know. Yeah. No, I know. That's and one of my pet peeves. it's usually girls. It's usually the damn girls. <laughs> I, I don't know about that, but uh, yeah. It's, it's inconsiderate people. That's what it is. God damn it. It is. Absolutely. <laughs> right. I'm just kidding. It just happened to be two girls. But there was, but they weren't the only ones. There were, there were just so many people talking at that American Analog set show. It just, uh, it, it pissed me off and ruined it for me. So right. So maybe, maybe we need. I'm a, okay a, now, a, though. It's yeah, been ten years. So we need a few more listening rooms. And hey, if any of our, if any of our listeners out there know of any listening rooms in Austin that don't tolerate loud talking and and courteousness to the musicians, well, let us know. Uh, email yeah, us I'd love at, to know. Yes, email us at slope at ltvpod.com. Yes, slope, slope. at ltvpod.com. Right. Cool. So, and you can uh, find that on our Facebook page, too. And you can message us on Facebook, I believe. Oh, that's right. Yes, just get in touch with us any way you can. Just get in touch. Yeah, yeah, get give, in touch. Give us some feedback. You know, we like we like to hear from people out there. Absolutely. Right. So anyway, uh, we were going to talk about some other things, and now I'm drawing a blank. <laughs> well, what I was uh, we're going to save Stranger Things for the very last. So if someone wants to click out, they can. Uh, um, right. Right. And so I thought we'd do the oblique strategies before the Stranger Things talk. Yes. Okay. That's a good idea. All right, what a what a grand idea! Yeah, do the oblique strategy. Thank you. Why? Thank you. I should have my own show. Yes, you should. <laughs> oh, wait, you do. Okay, here oh, we go. Wait, I do. <laughs> All right, let's see what the the latest oblique strategy is. Here it is. All right, digging in the pile. Yep, dug in the pile and pulled one out, and it says, "It is simply a matter of work." Ooh. It is simply a matter of work. Mm. Yep. Sometimes you just got to put in the work. Yeah. You you got to hmm. start, get going, put in the work, and maybe something magical could happen. Who knows? Right. Right. Hmm. It is simply a matter of work. Yes. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Hmm. Hmm. You can apply that to a lot of things, especially work. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> Or, you know, so we all want work to be fun and 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 sometimes it is, but sometimes it isn't. Right. Well, it could be a goal that you have in life. You know, maybe it's just a matter of putting in the effort to 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 make that uh, become a reality. So who knows? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you have to do the thing first. You have to do the thing first and then you got to figure out what to do with the thing that you've made or or done. 
Yes. That's the hardest part. I can do the thing. For me, it's not a ma- it's I can do the thing. The thing that's hard for me is what do I do with it once it's done? Well, that's now true. Now we do the we do the podcast and we have a there is a something we can do whether we post it online. Right. But, you know, there are things where, you know, I've I've done some paintings, I've I've done this and that and and yeah. then you do the work sometimes. The hard part is now that the work's done, what do I do with my finished product? True. But maybe, maybe but, you know, maybe just the, the process of doing it, it leads you to something else that's uh, bigger and better. Who knows? Or just opens your mind right. to other possibilities. And sometimes part of the work is taking the thing you've done and getting people to notice it. Yeah, well, that's true. Kind of like this sometimes podcast. Sometimes that's the hardest part of the job. <laughs> right. Exactly, trying, yeah. trying to get people yeah. to listen to it and subscribe. So you folks yeah. out there, subscribe to us on iTunes. Please. Yeah, you, Please. you probably already Please. have if, if you're hey. listening to it right now, but maybe you haven't. Maybe you just ran across it. And uh, so, so do your work and tell a friend. Tell a friend. There it is, right? <laughs> so, yeah. Well, it's like, you know, you, you created our Facebook page. It was simply a matter of work, and you did it. And, uh, it was. And, and it turned simply out real a matter nice. Of work. Yeah. Well, thank you. Well, you know, you do a Browner does all the work on the podcast technically. He sets yeah. everything up and records it and edits it and puts it together and puts it online. So thank you for that again. It's fun. It's 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 my way of creating a little bit of immortality for you and myself. Yeah. It'll be there long after I'm dead, that's for sure. Well, yeah, probably <laughs> me too. And hopefully some somebody listens to it and go, Oh wow, they were talking about Austin, way long time ago, back in the day. Back in the day. Back in back in 2016. Wow. wow I didn't so even know people ago. did stuff like that then. Right. <laughs> back in the teens, man. Back yeah, in the teens. yeah, back in the teen years. Yeah. <laughs> back in the yeah. teens, man. Those were the days. Right. Hey, Stranger Things, man. Okay. This okay. is the part Stranger of the things. show where... If you haven't seen Stranger Things or you're only on episode six or two, then you may want to click out because we're going to definitely have some spoilers here because Mark and I have seen all eight episodes and we're going to discuss how it ends and everything. So thank you for listening. If you click out now, we understand completely. Right. But uh, spoiler alert has been summoned and and announced, and so it's your damn fault if you keep right. listening and you get something spoiled for you. Exactly. So, so I can't believe she died at the end. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, hmm. All right. So okay. But yeah, Stranger Things, go? man. Yes. Warning. Warning. Spoilers ahead. Danger, Will Robinson. Yeah. <laughs> so my so Michael. My uh-huh. my nephew. Yes. Uh, for his birthday, his boyfriend Tony got him a Roku. Right. So yeah. Which I was like, uh, you know, I I I don't really know what it is, but I kind of know what it is. It's like so, Apple you know, TV, it makes it, right? Well, it makes it easy to watch Netflix and Hulu and anything you're subscribed to like that yes. on your TV without having to hook up a laptop or or something to the TV itself. Exactly. In fact, we took the Roku with us when we went on vacation, and he oh. hooked it up using his phone to the TVs in the um, hotel rooms, which oh, okay. was really cool. Right. So we were able to watch, we were able to watch Netflix. So, um, so 
it came, you know, it came up when we were watching the Roku on Netflix. On uh, the, they were like, "Oh, you need to watch Stranger Things," and they had only, well, Tony had watched all of it, but he didn't tell Michael that, and um, uh, Michael had only seen a couple episodes. Okay. So we watched the first two episodes while we were still in Houston. And the first episode, I didn't think that much of. And then the second episode really got me. Right, yeah, that's exactly the way I feel. It was like after the first two episodes, I'm like, oh, shit, I am sucked in. What the hell's going to yeah. happen? What's going on here? This is nuts. Right, yeah. The first episode, I really thought Winona Ryder, Winona, Winona Ryder, Winona Ryder, Winona Ryder was, did a really good job. I was like, wow, she hasn't had a role like this in a long time. No. She's she's awesome in this show. Oh, wow. it's, she's really interesting. But the show itself, I was like, eh, seen it, done the, you know, it just didn't really dig into my psyche. Yeah, okay. You know, because the first episode is really a lot of setup, you know. Oh, absolutely um, it is. And, and know, um, the boy goes missing. Is, right. Is, yeah. Is the and biggest was, thing that happens, the, the little boy goes missing under mysterious yeah, circumstances. And it, right. And, you know, and he's got these friends and they play Dungeons and Dragons and all this, you know, and then there's the the I think in the first episode you meet the cop. Um, and then there's the area where weird stuff is going on that the government compound or whatever it's called. I can't remember what it's called now. Right. The, um, the, the government facility of some kind. Whatever it is. Yeah, there's an they call it by a name and I can't remember it now. I but you know, it. it was just like and nothing really stuck out as being that interesting to me, but you know, I, we were we were they wanted to watch it and and I was like it was certainly didn't hate it. So I was like, okay. So then we watched the second episode when and I think that's when the kid kinda the girl first shows up, eleven. Oh right, and yeah. mm -hmm. uh, all that stuff starts happening, and it it just and it it really starts getting interesting. Interesting things starts happening, and you're like, "What the fuck is going on here?" Exactly, and That's the, the and so the lights nice. start flashing, and I think it's at the end of episode two when the wall moves, and you're like, "What the fuck is going?" on? <laughs> exactly. On? Yeah, the first time the wall and, moves, you're like. Holy crap! What's Holy shit! Yeah, yeah. yeah. Then, then you start getting so, glimpses of the of the creature and stuff, and you're like, "Holy crap! This is getting fucking scary, man!" And uh, right, and it's it's like, and, and you know, and then you're trying to figure it all out. It's like, mm -hmm. you know, eventually you realize that oh, this government facility has been using depri sensory deprivation tanks, mm -hmm. it, kind of like as an homage to altered states. Where uh, they go in the simper, those uh, tanks and they get taken to kind of another dimension, right? And there's it's like yeah, it's like the dark side or yeah, they call it the parallel. upside down, the upside down, yeah. yeah. This yeah, because th there's so many shows that it pays homage to. Oh my goodness, yeah, it does. I mean, uh, you know, like the the movie Stand by Me when you when you're doing when you're seeing all the 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 friends you know getting together and they're walking down the railroad track and I'm like, oh shit, that's Stand by Me, and it's homage, right? And then, right. Homage, and then homage to Stephen King movies like It, uh, even right and uh, right and. And things like the Goonies and um, oh, definitely the Goonies. Mm -hmm. And then you know, then it's of course it's got the music is just super fucking cool. Which I read oh, online wow. yeah. that the theme song was written by some some musicians here in Austin, uh, whose name I escapes me, but uh, oh. I think that's true, and that's pretty fucking cool. That's very um, cool. Mm -hmm. And then there's the whole teenagers angle, which is very similar to '80s 
horror films where it's the guy and the girl and then there's the guy who's her boyfriend that's an asshole oh that, yeah wow i mean know, they did and, that and, so well and they uh, did oh you hate that guy that plays the boyfriend that's the asshole right you, i fucking hated him so much well, it, it's kind of <laughs> like a good actor because i really hated him yeah it's well it's like at, at one moment he's very charming and stuff and then you're like oh shit here's what an asshole! And then you're like, oh shit! Right, he's like, that's he's every, like uh, the every James Spader movie, right? right. <laughs> you have the classic um, dichotomy of teenage boys in '80s films. You have the oh, jock, wow. right, and the fucking loner. You know, right, the loner, the the, the, <laughs> the pack, the pack of nerds, and uh, you right, know, yeah, it's, just, it, it's all there. Yeah. And I, I remember it's all there for you, right? I was reading something about how much attention they spent to detail to make sure that everything was period in every little, mm-hmm. you know, set piece and costume. And uh, you know, there was there was no moment in there was like, oh, I'm calling bullshit. That's an anachronism right there. I didn't see. I don't right, think yeah. I saw any anachronisms in in the way. I they don't did think it. I it did was, either. It was it was there pure is 80s. A- there was an establishing shot of the house that the boy who's missing and his older sister, who's the girl in the the teenage girl in the movie. I can't remember what their last name was even, but or, or what her name was. Know, um, but there's either. an establishing sh- there's an establishing shot of the house they live in that you actually see several times during the series, d- daytime and nighttime, and it is the most fucking '80s house you ever saw in your life. Wow. That house just says it's the '80s, right? Oh yeah, but uh, yeah. I'm, now I was just w- wondering where where they filmed most of this. Did you happen to read that anywhere? I think I did online, but I don't remember okay. where it was filmed. No problem. Um, we'll have to look that up. Um, yes. But um, so while we're watching it, and then so so we watched the first couple episodes in Houston, and then me and Michael went on our trip, and right. he brought the Roku with him, and we watched several episodes while we were in a couple episodes in Cleveland, and then like the last we watched the last three, I think back to back. No, we watched the last two back to back. But anyway, we watched wow. it as our trip was going on, hmm. and as we're watching it. Um, I said I I thought I had read online that they were going to do a second season, but apparently they haven't confirmed that yet. I mean, the door is wide open. But, I mean, you know, especially with, yeah, with totally the cop open. going out into the woods and leaving the the uh, egos in that uh, that box out in the woods. You know, so obviously the girl. So was... I'll tell you my theory on that in a minute. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, because right. one of the things one of the things when we're watching it i me and michael were talking about i was you know i i said i bet the second season is all about the cop's story cuz he hinted around that he had lost a a, a child right. and a, a and his daughter. wife mhm yeah well his wife and divorced so, him right? you know well yeah i believe well i don't know i well, guess so because yeah. she's still not there and he he, yeah. he can't he's definitely had trouble dealing with it yes. but I thought we weren't going to find out anything about him, and I thought, oh, they'll do a second season, and it will totally be his story, his backstory, where he came from. But then, of course, in the seventh and eighth episode, Mm -hmm. you find out what his story is. It's the – he had a daughter who died of cancer. Right. And and, uh, and him and – and it really tore him up. Yes. Um, So so my theory Mm -hmm. uh, is – Okay. So obviously, if there's a second season, it's going to be something different. But my theory is that the whole m- series is a metaphor for cancer. The upside down is cancer. Oh, so Whoa. the whole thing is a metaphor for what this guy's going through because he lost his daughter. It's all 
it's it's kind of all in his head. Oh my god! He wants to be the hero. He wants to save a girl. Mm-hmm. You know, and if you notice when they show him in the hospital with his daughter and she's got a shaved head and 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 has cancer, right. she looks a fuck lot like Eleven. She looks oh. so similar. She hmm. looks almost the same. Well, okay, maybe, sort of. So. <laughs> If you it's, look at it, it's an interesting I, I th- theory. At first, when I saw it, I thought it was the same girl. Well, so, I mean, Eleven's head wasn't really shaved per se. It was, you know, really close cropped cut. But uh, but, but no, okay, but, I, I I mean, I and she's wearing a hospital gown at the beginning and okay, in the flashbacks. Yeah. yeah. So if if you. it's if the whole series is a metaphor for cancer mm-hmm. and his struggle with it right then at the end when he takes that stuff and puts it out in the um in the forest right. where he goes and puts the what does he put in there um it's like ego ego waffles and ego waffles and something else underneath it but you know the the most prominent thing obviously was the ego waffles so it's right like, yeah. right so it's obviously for eleven, right? But isn't that the same as bringing flowers to a grave? Ooh, wow! Ooh, I really <laughs> okay. think. I mean, that was just my thought. Hmm. Was I like, this is all a metaphor for him going through what he's gone through? Damn. He wants to be the hero. He's created this story in his mind where he's the hero, where he right. saves a kid, where he helps a a, a woman like his wife, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, but I don't know. I mean, that's just my theory. I, I'd ha- you know, I'd like to watch the whole thing again with that theory in mind. But who knows? But wow, yeah, because you've, you've it's just like blo- you- you've blown my mind here. I yeah, I, I didn't even consider anything along those lines. You know, I was just taking it at face value, wasn't trying to read anything into it because it was a lot to absorb. But then you throw this on me, and now my you know my head is 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 throbbing. I don't know what to think now. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool. Well, uh, yeah. I um, uh, was there something that happened right after that? Like after he takes the I don't the, the egos to the uh, hole. I, I don't. I feel like there was one more shot. I don't remember mm, what the last shot of the movie was. Um, maybe I don't know. Now I have to watch it again. I can't. <laughs> I can't but, remember uh, now. Let, but let me ask you this. Remember right after. You know, the the big climax was over, and we were kind of into the denouement, and the, the cops walking out of, I guess he's walking out of the hospital or police station or something, and, and, the, right. and the, the men in black pull up in the car, you know, and he gets into the car, right. and they drive away, and... He- and then you don't yeah. see him again until then he's out, you know, you know, giving Putting the uh, stuff at the, 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 the egos in, there. Right, the egos in the forest. So, I, yeah. Right. So that's, it'd be interesting to yeah, see what happened in that interim time, you know. Right, right. He obviously, if you take the movie literally, he obviously cut some kind of deal with them to save the boy and to, to, to you know, to let things play out as they did. Because mm-hmm. um, I think that wasn't that what he wanted to do. He saves the boy and gets him from the other side, and they right. admit that a miraculous thing happened. There's a thing on the wall where Miracle Boy found alive or something, yeah. you know, where everything, you know. But I just think that's him possibly making a deal with himself to to believe that everything's going to be okay or something. I don't know. Mm. I don't know exactly what that was. What that refers, you know, what? The, yeah. 
that's the mystery that could be interesting on a sequel or something. Right. So if a season two happens, I I, I, I can't imagine what territories oh, they they go oh, into. It ends. It ends with the kid who comes back. Uh, Will comes back and he goes in the bathroom and the dark side comes out for a second. Remember oh, that? Yes, that's right. He goes to wash his hand because yeah. he still has cancer. He Ooh. made a deal with God to save that boy, and the boy goes into remission, but no, he still has cancer. Oh, that's right. Something something came dripped out of his nose or his mouth into the drain of the sink. That's what it was. Oh yeah, some that's slimy looking thing. Like it could be it could be the, the larvae. Cancer? It could be. It could be. A, it could be a reference to uh, Alien, the movie Alien. Where remember the boy had the thing in his mouth when when the when the policeman went in to save him, and he had to pull that whole alien thing out. Or not alien, but the creature vacuum cleaner out hose that was a tr- was was attached to the boy's mouth. That scene. When I've they, only when, seen Alien once. No, I'm talking about in in the TV show where where oh. they, they rescue the boy and they have to pull this long parasite out oh. of his out of his esophagus. And that's right, very right. reminiscent of the movie Alien. They think they've gotten and, all the cancer, right, but there's and, still some cancer and, in and there. What did the creature in Alien put in in uh, John Hurt's uh, stomach? But you know, a small baby alien that ultimately busts out of his chest and you know becomes right. the, the horrible creature in the the entire movie. So this is a reference to that, probably. I mean. I, Seems pretty right, right. Derivative, and then, well, I think then, then he's got this, means... this, 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 you know, this little tiny uh, embryo or something that drips out of his nose into the sink and goes into the, you know, down into the sewer. So who knows? There's another creature on tap, you know, for season two. Right. Yeah. Or definitely something. Things are not over. That everything is not happy ending and back to normal. Yeah. That's crazy. I didn't remember yeah. that right away. <laughs> I didn't either, and then it hit me because that was because you watch that and you're like, "What the fuck is that?" Right. And another movie that's a reference to also is the the last episode of Twin Peaks, where Cooper's looking at himself in the mirror, Ooh. and some crazy shit How's happens. Annie? <laughs> How's <Yes>. Annie? <laughs> How's <right>. Annie? <laughs> wow. Wow. So, yeah, there's a ton of references and things in there that were really interesting and. And, um, but yeah, once it just, well, because for me too, it's like, I'm not very good at taking things at face value. If you take this movie at face value, you have to believe there's like an, an, a dark, a shadow world where this thing eats people lives and, you know, which is, and which they have unleashed because they're trying to use sensory deprivation right. tanks to spy on people. Right, you know, but through, instead through, it unleashes the dark side. Right, trying to do the what do they call it? the MK Ultra uh, astral projection uh, espionage type stuff, you know. So uh, right, very interesting. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, but I don't, you know, it's hard for me to take all that on face value when I see a movie like that or or a series or whatever. I'm always looking for the metaphor. What's this really trying to say? Right, right but right. I could be totally wrong, no, you but know. I, but that was. That was kind of what I got from it. Yeah, I'm glad that you 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 pointed that out. So it, it takes it to a whole different level of thinking. It's not just purely expository. It's it's you know there's a subtext going on here. That's the real story. So uh, 
Hmm. Right. I, I might yeah. have to do a second viewing and to uh, to, to, <laughs> to consider your uh, theory there, Lodger. That's uh, yeah, that's pretty cool. cool. That's really cool. Okay. It's an, it's certainly one of those things where first couple episodes I thought yeah it's okay and then mm-hmm. even towards the end there were a couple times where I went yeah but then the last couple episodes especially the last one are so amazing and interesting. Right. Uh, and yeah, it's a really cool series. I I'm totally hooked and I'm totally uh, ready. If, if there's a season two, I'm getting Netflix. That's oh, all. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. That's what we watched on. Luckily Sierra has a, a Netflix membership and I'm glad that she did. Cause yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing what, uh, what Netflix is bringing to the table these days. I'm, I'm really impressed. I think so too. There's some really there's some other interesting things I want to see on Netflix as well. So um, I may end up getting a, a subscription before all is said and done. So right, we've done that with Netflix, and now we also have HBO Now for oh my God for all the other stuff that you can see on HBO well, as well. All yeah. those series as well. I need to get the um, we're gonna I'm gonna have to get the Showtime when uh, Twin Peaks comes on Showtime. Whatever, either subscribe to Showtime or get. I think Showtime has something. Too, right. that's like an online thing or, or you can just uh, force yourself and drive up to round rock and hang out with us and watch it <laughs> well i could do that too that would be cool well may- maybe well maybe hey my headphones are yeah my well, headphones are fixing to die on me man well, yeah we're, we're we're right at about two hours of actual uh showtime here so uh, I think we so, we've done it man we've done it awesome awesome yeah. well i had a good time this it's is good to talk again yeah, I've certainly got a list of about ten other things I wanted to talk about. So, well, that's good. We'll, you know, when it, whenever keep... you're ready to do another one, we'll do another one. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, this is going to be an interesting edit. We've got a two-hour-long episode, but it makes up for the uh, kind of a gap that we've we created while you were gone. Uh, so, yeah, the week so, away. Yeah. So this will this will help people who were jonesing for an episode. You're basically getting two episodes in one. So. I hope I hope you love it. You're welcome. Awesome, man. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. So we're 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 at the end here, and uh, thank you everybody for uh, listening. Thank you, Lodger, for uh, being uh, very interesting, telling us about your uh, trip to Cleveland and Pittsburgh, and and your oh, ama- loved it. Had and a your great amaz- time. Yes, and your amazing theory about Stranger Things. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So here's where we say goodbye. All right, man. Yep. Thanks, everyone, and uh, tune in next week for another fabulous episode of A Slippery Slope. Lodger out and proud. <laughs>